2: With me, Stevie. And me, Tessa. And today, we have a cool guest. <laughs> uh, it's
3: Lauren Bravo. Hello, Lauren Bravo, owner of the coolest name in town. And
1: not one, but two books. Am I right? Uh, You are right. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Not not on the cool name thing. That sounds braggy.
3: (laughs) It's because you... like Bravo. Johnny
1: Bravo, you know? Yeah. The coolest guy in town. People do call my brother that, actually. Is his name Jonathan Bravo? No. Okay. Sure. (laughs) Um,
2: But today's episode is all about how to break up with fast fashion. Because it's something that I think... I don't know. You know that you should... And then you don't. For example, mm-hmm. that's what I'm like. Um, and I try really hard. And my sister's really good at it, and I'm
1: really bad at it. And you've written a book on it. I have. I have. It's called How to Break Up with Fast Fashion. Great. Which suggests that I have all the answers. Yes. I'm not sure I do. Um, I think mean, you've had sex
2: with fast fashion. Absolutely. <laughs> now to move
1: on. Yeah. It was a beautiful summer. Where mm, I'm but kind but it of turned toxic. Well, like Danny and Sandy at the oh, end of the summer. But should you have and just Zara. left it there. Me and, <laughs> and Zara
3: should. It was best for them not to get married. You know.
1: Yeah. Uh, did they? I imagine no, they when they just floated
2: off up into the air
1: in the car. Well, the moral of yeah. that story was if you want someone to love you, take up smoking and sew yourself into your trousers. It's such yes. a bad film. It's a bad film. It's, such but a it's bad. also a good film. Sorry, it's I a perfect film with a very bad moral core. I believe Grease 2 to be the
2: superior film. It's not only
3: superior to that respect. film, but to every other every film, other ev- film I've ever I've never made. seen it. It's yet. the
1: greatest oh film ever. But Tessa just
2: like, sang a lot of the songs. Yeah,
1: Cool Rider. Because cool Ride, it's a gender flip as well. So it's it's the guy that has to like change his whole personality to win the girls. So that's fine. <laughs> what a shame that <laughs> yeah.
2: that wasn't... The successful one. The successful one was like, no, but we do like it when the girl does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, like, we
1: do prefer that one. Yes, yeah, It's yeah. Such
2: a shame. I really like it when Sandy closes the door on Danny's penis in the car in the drive-through, and he goes, oh,
1: oh, yeah. I'm um, only just now you're saying it, realizing that's what happened. Oh, really? Do yeah, you think he was, just was it, having hey, a
2: paroxysm of? Yeah. <laughs> no. I just yeah, thought he was really it, he did. was getting squashed. No. His whole body.
3: Yeah, his I balls just like his were. Knee. I didn't realize it was the balls. Yeah. I should fast boy's forward through that whole bit. The drive bit. Know the stranded at the drive-through.
1: You'd fast-forward it, yeah, it really. So but the dancing hot
2: dogs on the screen behind I didn't care for it oh, oh wow! I did a lot
3: of fast-forwarding.
2: My parents fast forward all the sex bits. So when Rizzo, no, yeah, yeah Rizzo and Kiniki was pregnant. I had no idea why she was singing that song at the end about being sad because it was like, well, I I didn't see any of the plot points. No, so, so I was just like, I guess she's a bit sad today. And that was genuinely what I found until I was, like, until I was at university and we watched it again. And I was like, oh my god, we can watch the bits. Oh wow! And, like, and then the whole plot came together. Makes sense. It's because we were all like
3: seven, so you didn't know what he was saying when he was like a hickey from knicky is kind of cool oh You're like a hallmark like a hallmark card like Care yeah, like enough to send, send the very best it okay. makes no sense
1: no. as a sentence yeah. and the That's condom cool. in the wallet his 25 cent insurance policy it's my
2: 20- yeah
3: yeah and i was no like idea. oh he's got insurance policy in his Absolutely.
1: wallet sounds yeah. legit he's a safe like, driver
2: that sounds legit <laughs> yeah <laughs> fine well talking of adults and things what's your adult thing this week Tessa? oh
3: mine is very on brand for the topic Mine is that I saw a lady in a dress. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was a friend, and I said, I love your dress. And she said, thank you. And it's from a brand called Dancing Leopard. Oh, yes. Are you going to say it's bad? I'm not going to say anything. Okay. (laughs) Found the dress online, was going to buy it, then went on eBay... Looked it up, found the dress. Oh, this six is good. pounds! Yes, bid on it, worn once. Now it's mine, baby. Oh wow, that's great! It's on its way yeah. to me, the highest bidder. So I felt very smug, both financially and eco-wise. Yeah, love it. You well know? yeah, done. Yeah. yeah, and then another extra dress didn't have to get made. I bought one nice and cheap. Oh yes. Oh, so well, that's how I—that's my adult thing.
2: Well done. Well Thank done.
3: You. What's your adult thing?
2: Mine is that I wanted to get a takeaway curry last night for no other reason. I couldn't be bothered to cook. Then I cooked a curry. Oh, wow. I did use the paste, you know, the kind of the little curry paste that you get in the jars. Did you have the paste already in the house? Oh,
3: yes. That's ma- that's, yeah. a, that's a huge deal. Is that's it? fine. Lauren, what is yours?
1: Do you have one? Um, yeah, mine's really gross. I cleaned... <laughs> Great. I shat myself. <laughs> I cleaned out the drawer of my washing machine which is okay, right. So I've only recently discovered that washing machines need cleaning. I, didn't I thought know. they were self-cleaning like a vagina. Turns out gosh. Oh, gosh. well they're for cleaning, aren't they? They're for cleaning, it's yes. literally called a washing machine. Yeah. yeah. And they look like vaginas, yeah. guys. No? So, no? Forgive me not knowing this, but I tweeted about it a little while ago and a few people were like genuinely disgusted by the fact that I had uh, never cleaned my washing I don't machine. Understand. A I never machine mine. for washing. Which bit do you clean? So we moved into a new flat last year and inherited a washing machine and it's quite old and quite gross. Mm. And of course. And I noticed that if we left our clothes in the washing machine for longer than about three minutes after the cycle had finished, they would really stink. Yes. Like yeah, Really yeah, yeah. badly. Yes. Um, I just thought that, that was part of the too. experience, I thought. Yeah, me too, no. And then I was tweeting about it. Keep you on your toes it. so that you get them out quick. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, boss. Yeah. I'm like, okay, understood. I guess this is just my punishment for tardiness. I will smell all day. Yeah, so I'd been happily going, going on with that for years. And then I tweeted about the phenomenon of the washing machine smell, and someone very sweetly and politely was like, um, I think you just need to clean your washing machine. Oh, wow. my God. So what do you yeah. do? What, which bit? So I'm only kind of... I, I, this is my first step in the process. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not really finished yet. But what I did was I noticed that the, the drawer where you put in the washing liquid yes. had got a bit mouldy. Like right. there was a bit of black in okay. it. So I thought, well, that's not great. So I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the tray out mm. and I will clean it. And won't that be good? And then I did Would take... that be good? <laughs> I did take the tray out and inside... So the the slot that the tray fits into... Was completely black. Oh blonde. wow! It was so disgusting. Guys, take oh, the trays shit. out of your washing machine. Yeah, I'm honestly, right. I had no idea. It was really disgusting. And I say it's a first step in the process because, like, it, it's a multiple job m- job, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I squirted a load of anti-back inside it, gave it as good a scrub as I could do, got a bit bored, what popped it back in again. But I'm I plan to continue. Have wow. you seen any difference in your clothes? Oh well. Um, in the smell. Yeah, this smells fine. Okay. right. This, this jumper is fine. Yeah. And I think the other thing I need to do, which a friend told me about, is buy a washing machine cleaner. You get like a bottle of liquid, but you do an empty cycle with that in your washing like machine with the Like with a dishwasher. Like with a dishwasher, another thing I thought was self cleaning.
2: Being an adult is just cleaning things you didn't think you had to clean. Right. That's oh, is that so true. Wow. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, <laughs> on, a, on a more, like, positive, non-cleaning note, fast fashion, we did this episode a few months ago which was about sort of the environment in general and we, like, mm-hmm. touched upon it. But the moment we started researching about it, we started to panic and sort of backed and off. Way, right. way back,
3: during the debrief, we also did a whole one about...
2: Fashion. Fashion. And equally, it was very, very stressful. We had, to, we had to do like animal facts halfway through because I started to have essentially a panic attack. Yeah, too much. So I haven't done any research into the actual fast fashion thing because I was frightened to know. But I, you, you've you obviously done lo- loads of research. So what, yeah. like how bad is it? And really bad. Cool. <laughs>
0: cool
1: so cool. could you present the badness in the lightest way possible? So there's a page in my book which is called 10 stats to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Because I think, well, oh, this is the trouble and I'm, I'm exactly the the same that you get so overwhelmed the moment you start to kind of dip a toe into learning about this stuff you get so overwhelmed with the awfulness of it all and then you think well I am one person what yeah. can I do chop my toe off exactly mm. and I mean the, the the main thing that I discovered pretty quickly as soon as I started researching the book was that there are no clear easy solutions so right okay for every answer there is a kind of equal and opposing argument that makes it quite hard so I think People want sort of one easy solution. They want to be told, do this thing, don't do that thing, everyone's fine. And uh, yeah, annoyingly, it's not quite as simple as that. But there are loads of great things we can do. So the stats that really kind of open my eyes, and these are coming out all the time, by the way. So the frustrating thing about writing a book like this is that as soon as you think it's done and you've like crossed the last T and dotted the last I, someone else will do a study and then everything's wrong again. (laughs) (laughs) So textile production produces an estimated 1.2 billion tonnes of CO2 per year, which which is more than international flights and maritime shipping combined.
2: Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. So we know so all about flying. Because
2: I thought I'd got it down. I was like, don't fly. And I mean, apparently don't have a baby. Yeah. And go vegan. They're like exactly. the three things. And I was like, great. Well, at least I know. Now yeah. my world's overturned. Yeah. So also,
1: basically fast fashion should be above the f- flying thing kind of I mean do you know what like I'm not I'm not enough of an expert to even be able to sort of make a hierarchy but of I course think it's, but it's up there it's up there yeah. it's really up there and I think you can be and I think you should back yourself thank you I know I've had a lot of uh, conversations with my editor during this process about my imposter syndrome <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and lots of me kind of going but I don't know enough and yeah, really it is. you know so much more you than know. everyone else yeah, you, but know but so it's, much more you take more than that. that thank you guys thank you so there were some more some figures actually that Oxfam released last week a these lines as well that were quite shocking. So the clothes that we buy in the UK per minute produce more carbon emissions than driving a car around the whole world six times. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, guys. No, it's fine. This is my other fear with the book is that no one's going to speak to me again. This is why you you brought us brownies. yeah. yeah. (laughs) Lauren
2: brought us brownies, vegan and gluten-free brownies to cater for both me and Tessa's various stomachs. And this is why I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna eat a brownie while while you're talking. I don't even care if it's it audibly
1: disgusting. Sweetening the pill. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I mean, people often ask what fast fashion is. There is no kind of one specific definition but it's usually characterized by speed right so it's the brands churning out so many clothes more clothes than we could ever possibly need or buy or wear it's the speed at which they can take a design so brands like Zara I believe now can take a design from the drawing board to the high street in about 10 days wow okay that's how quickly they're turning things around And then I've
2: noticed that they also like disappear from the shops immediately. So you you buy something and you're like, oh, maybe I'll buy it in another colour. You go back, it's gone. Exactly. Like, oh,
1: it's old news now. Well, that's something people often say is that in the past, you used to think about something before you bought it, right? So you'd save up, you'd ponder it. You'd think, oh, what will I wear it to? What clothes will it go with? And then eventually you'd go, yeah, do you know what? I've thought about it for a while. I think I want that thing. I'm going to go and buy it. Can't do that anymore, which is why we're such impulsive shoppers. Because you think, well, if I come back next week, it might not be here. So I better get it now. they just making in case. us like that rather than the other way
2: around. I always thought yeah.
1: it was our behaviour that was dictating it, but it's actually their
2: behaviour
3: yeah. that is
1: dictating us. Oh. I really think it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of <gasps> chicken and egg because we are still fueling the fire by continuing yes, our behaviours. Or yes. well, um, even
3: in like, you know, not... In our parents' lifetimes, it was just like summer and winter, and yeah. those are the two seasons. And yeah. then it became the four seasons, and then autumn slash winter. And then it be- and now it's like no, a, fif- we- a weekly, like Absolutely. it's fifty two fifty two
1: seasons a year. seasons a
3: year. I mean, like is- even people would say something on Love Island, and a week later it would be on a slogan like boohoo yeah. or something yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, and you're like how how can it be moving that fast to get these things yeah and i mean the answer is that the people at the the bottom of the supply yeah. chain are the ones that are really suffering because yes. they are having to churn out clothes at such a phenomenal pace and yeah. so the brands are asking for them that quickly the factory owners are then asking the garment workers to produce them that quickly which means that you know as we we kind of know this stuff like we know about sweatshops dimly in the back of our brains people are aware, but I think it's not till you maybe watch documentaries like The True Cost, Mm -hmm. um, Stacey Dooley's documentary last year with the BBC was amazing, that you really kind of wake up to the reality of it. Yeah, I always just
2: sort of hope that... Where I'm shopping is fine. I'm, uh, I was like, I guess H&M is all right.
1: But you're like, it's not. It's, like, I know oh, it's not. I mean, you could write a whole book on H&M alone. So okay. it, the difficulty with H&M. <laughs> so I thought the same thing. H&M get a lot of um, press for being one of the better brands on the high street. And they are. If you go by Fashion Revolution, do a brilliant thing called the Fashion Transparency Index every year, where they rank the top, uh, I think it's currently 200 brands on the high street. And they really go at it on a forensic level. They kind of look at all of their supply chains, all of the transparency, all of the kind of measures they might be taking or not taking to be more sustainable with their fabrics. And they compile that into one big chart. And H&M is consistently at the top. It's kind of in the top 5%, 5%, you know, it is doing a lot, lot better than most brands are. Um, it's doing a lot better than a lot more expensive brands, which is something I will talk about in a minute because mm. I think we tend to think if we're spending mm. 150 quid on a dress rather than 30 quid, it's automatically going to be more sustainable. Not true. That was one of the biggest scary things for me that I didn't realise when I started researching it. But yeah, so H&M, you know, doing much, much better. There are a lot of people who argue, though, that while brands like H&M, Zara, Mango, etc., are churning out clothes at the rate that they are they are never going to be sustainable right so h&m has pledged that by next year all of its cotton will be um organic which is really good because cotton although it is a natural fiber we tend to think of it as like oh, a pure lovely kind of angelic cotton actually it's one of the thirstiest crops in the world so it uses up loads and loads of water to grow it and also the people who are growing the cotton are often working under a Terrible conditions. There are kids picking cotton in certain places in the world. The farmers that grow it are trapped in these kind of monopolies where the seeds are getting more and more expensive, the pesticides that they need are getting more expensive, and the pests are getting kind of immune to them. God. And there's a really, I mean, this is one of the sort of darkest things that I discovered, but there's a really huge problem with Indian cotton farmers committing suicide. I'm sorry, taking their own lives because, well, part of the reason is attributed. Too is because they are trapped in these kind of awful cycles where they, they have no other livelihood, so they're having to kind of pay more and more and more and earn very little for what they're growing. God. Yeah. So organic cotton is grown in a sustainable way where people are paid a fair wage and um, you can buy it kind of safe in the knowledge that that's all okay. That's good. So HM is doing that, <coughs> which is brilliant. It's just really difficult. I mean, all of these brands will have... Shady elements, you know. Yeah,
2: positives and negatives. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you kind of want to applaud the positives where they're happening. You don't want to sort of tell people that nothing they do is good enough, and you of course, know. which sort of leads
2: to like, what can we? What are the things that we can do? So obviously, mm.
1: there's nothing that we.
2: It's like with anything you try one thing and then 17 people go well yeah but you haven't done this and yeah like, <laughs> oh, I know I'm oh, it's sorry so hard. Mm. <laughs> it's a constant we can't all do everything yeah. but so we don't want anyone listening to be like oh my god I, like you have, have, have to do all of these things at once you can pick maybe a couple that you feel oh, like god, are useful completely. And then,
1: great yeah I mean one of the things that I've sort of tried to do in the book is uh, emphasising that everybody is going to have a different way of doing this Yes. so for some people the best way to be sustainable is going to be to be one of those women that has like three like crisp tailored white capsule shirt a capsule capsule wardrobe, wardrobe. and I'm my just dream. very French and I just have like a MAC uh, that I inherited from my grandmother because mm. she was friends with Mr Burberry and I have three white shirts and some really well tailored slacks and mm. I just wear those on rotation mm-hmm. and it's really great and that is lovely for some people if that's what you want to do yeah. I am not that person I think it's um, so
2: hard to. be- I think you have to be very wealthy as well to be that very person very thin mm-hmm. with a very good
1: jaw very thin.
3: <laughs> the, the <laughs> jaw is actually is, the you, crucial you underestimate how the jaw True. But you need that for a white You need a, a good haircut, haircut as well. A fantastic, fantastic haircut. constantly haircut. leaping
1: across a Parisian puddle. Yeah, little. Uh, you uh, have Harris. to have the
3: ankles for a lovely ballet flat.
2: Oh, mm-hmm.
1: completely.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just have a to £300 be A three hundred pound haircut, haircut heaven, and so many basically. accessories. So yeah. otherwise, people would just be like, "Well, that woman's wearing the same slacks again, right?" But mm. she's dressed them up in other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's possibly um, ha- ribbon <laughs> hair ribbon. I don't think a hair ribbon it's is the that. vibe.
3: Okay, exactly. sure.
2: So if you're not, a, if you can't do white shirt and slack, really? if
1: you're not a French woman. So the the obvious solution, and this is the one that I've kind of spent the most time thinking about and talking about, is secondhand. Because, you know, generally speaking, almost everybody wins with secondhand, particularly if you buy things from charity shops. So I bloody love a charity shop. Me too. I, Especially I love in a very him.
2: wealthy area. Oh my God, Because then the you can go and get all the wealthy French women's it, cast-offs when exactly. they've been trying to
1: curate their cu- capsule wardrobe. Yeah. Um, Highgate, Highgate has that's Amazing charity yeah, that's shops. The best one. Yeah, Um But do you know what? Even I think there is a real place for the other kind of charity shops, the proper like old school jumble sale yeah, smell yeah, yeah. of central heating with a little old lady labelling everything 50p because she doesn't it. know the brands. I, yeah, like long live those kind of charity shops as well. We need them all. And, you know, with a charity shop, the thing I always say is that kind of everybody wins because you're raising vital money for the charity. It's providing low cost clothing for people who need it as well. Mm. You're buying second-hand clothes, that's very sustainable. You are continuing the circle of clothes, the circular economy... And also, they're just lovely places to bring people together. So I volunteer in one, and it's genuinely like mindfulness. (laughs) Like Even when I'm really busy or really stressed out and I'm not in the mood, I force myself to go along and do my shift every week because I always feel better afterwards. So they're like community hubs. They're places that kind of, they train people up. They give people, help people get back on their feet. They've been out of work for a while. They're great. Trout shop's great.
2: I think that Um, often people are like, oh, whenever I go in there, though, I never find anything. Like You have to start, your perspective has to change. You have to start... Being like, because it's so exciting when you find when you do find something. Yes, and often you'll go because I I used to live in Highgate and there was like four different charity shops which were just incredible. But then there was one that was like, there's always one that's like, obviously no one was giving them the clothes, like, but it was a proper like jumble sale vibe. And even if I couldn't find something it was still exciting to look and then I'd keep going back like each day because
1: you never yes. know what's going to be there. That's it's it. Exciting. And, then, and then you're rewarded when you do have I've something. I've got a great pair of boots. There you go. Do you still wear boots. those boots? I still wear the boots. I bet yeah. you do. And that's one of the things I've sort of written about is that I think we need to start learning the difference between want and need. Oh my God, yeah. And, and even the difference between liking and wanting. So like something I'm trying, and I'm not there yet, by the way, I am not an angel by any means. I still kind of have the urge to shop. But one of the things I'm trying really hard at is. Being able to identify the difference between liking something and needing it in my life, the idea will be to get to a point where you can see a beautiful dress and think that's a beautiful dress, the way that you might see a nice painting mm. or a cute dog. You don't need to possess it. You yeah, you don't need unless to have unless it. you know,
2: like, you are going to a wedding and you literally have nothing yeah. to wear exactly, and then you're like, right, well, I'm going to find a dress for this occasion rather than I'm just gonna just gonna buy
1: it just because it's nice, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. so so much of, of secondhand shopping is mm. kind of you're so right, like adjusting that mindset to say, well maybe I won't find anything today. And that's all right. Because, you know, shopping can be just a pleasure in itself. But the thing with second hand that we have to remember is that there is a, bit, a massive size bias in second-hand shopping. Yeah. So in vintage shopping particularly, obviously anyone over the size 12 who's ever tried to sort of buy vintage, we like, I've got stuck in so many vintage dresses. Yeah. It can be really hard to find bigger sizes and even charity shops, because charity shops tend to reflect the high street. Mm. For better or worse, all of those cast-offs that are coming in do tend to be smaller sizes. So I think, you know, we have to be quite careful about saying to everybody, well, just go and buy everything second-hand. That's your of answer. Of course, yeah. Because not everybody can and it is a bit of a privilege to have... The time to like rummage to keep Mm -hmm. going back and. So there are, I mean, there's other things, there's amazing sustainable brands. Yes, let's talk about amazing sustainable brands. brands. Is nobody's child good? Have you heard of Nobody's Child? Yeah. So Nobody's Child is interesting. I, I. Oh, no, God, I hate being okay, this person. Okay, we're ready. I'm important. into it. We've got to go through look, it. Look, I'm we're having ready. another bite. I'm having a lovely little bite. I'm we're ready. We're yeah, like, brownie. Okay. Take mm-hmm. a bite. Take a bite. Okay. okay. Have a moment. Right okay. So no, I'm not about to dish a load of dirt on Nobody's Child because the truth is, I do not know. So Nobody's Child, um, at last check, this may have changed in the last couple of weeks, but last time I had a look, they didn't have anything on their website about their transparency. What they have is a lot of very nicely written blurb about how they are an ethical company and they make everything with care. But then when I was researching the book, I thought, oh, well, I should find out a little bit more about how are they managing to do this? Because from the outside, it seems like they're kind of copying the model of fast fashion. They are producing stuff that looks very trendy. It looks like your Topshop, your H&M, your Zara, and supposedly doing it ethically. And I went to have a look and there was nothing concrete on the website that explained any of that to me. Okay. So something that people are talking a bit about now is greenwashing, which you know we get in a lot of industries, but particularly in fashion. Brands are catching on quick, so they know that they have to be seen to be conscious of this stuff. Right. So they're very good now at hitting the buzz <laughs> phrases writing the stuff that reassures you that they're doing things ethically and sustainably but without actually giving you any evidence or detail. Right. <laughs> so it's, is it like sort of when
2: like food says like gluten free and you're like yeah that's chips man. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, There was a, a movement a little while ago and I think they sort of cracked
3: down on it of um, clothes that said made in Italy um, in like yes. a you know, beautiful um, you know on the label nice and big all beautiful which to you is like oh, like made by an old tailor yeah. Prada um, himself Prada they himself. stop and have a three hour
1: the- lunch under the tree. Oh, Oh, and I passed
3: that in Milan at home. Great. Yes. (laughs) And I'll just go back to tailoring under the olive vine. (laughs) Um, Whereas (laughs) (laughs) one big olive vine. Yeah, that's Italy. I've never been. Uh, (laughs) Whereas really, they were buying up whole areas of uh, the textiles district, buying these huge warehouses, filling them with Chinese workers, running it at uh, illegal levels of payment and illegal hours, and uh, being like, made in Italy. I mean, they were. They yeah. they'd certainly technically, were. technically, yeah. oh, and, you know, but they were just being
1: run by a sweatshop. Absolutely, so it's so the same with made in Britain as well. So uh, yeah. there was a big scandal a couple of years ago where they discovered that actually a lot of British garment workers, I think it was in Leicester and Leeds, were living on absolute poverty wages. You know, being paid less than minimum wage, terrible conditions, and they would have had "made in Britain" on the label. And that's what I mean when I say that for every solution you think you've come up against, yeah. someone will go, "Actually, yeah," and kind so of. Is
2: there a way that you can? So, for example, with Nobody's Child, you found out that there wasn't anything concrete. Whether that means, you know, that there isn't or not, we don't know. But like, it doesn't look good. Doesn't look Um, good. Is there something that we can do when we're on a
1: site to check? Yeah, I mean, so the first thing is do do what I did. So scroll down to the bottom of the website, see if you can find a CSR statement. That's a corporate social responsibility statement. Okay. And that will normally have details of, you know, what they are doing if they're a good brand, and not that many brands will have this stuff yet, Okay, but you want to be finding out at least where the clothes are being made. Ideally, the, v- the factory names, so the very mm-hmm. best brands and the most sustainable ones, will have a list of all the different factories that are supplying them. Because they've got nothing to hide. They're like, this is yeah. this is a nice factory, mm-hmm. rather exactly. than like, we're not going to tell you! Yeah, and yeah. they'll have, you know, ideally a kind of code of conduct that they will hold all their factories accountable with. They will potentially be a living wage payer. That would be really nice. And they will have details on the kinds of fabric they're using, so whether they're like maybe using recycled fibers where they can organic cotton is something to look out for and there are a lot of uh, certification schemes and things yeah, so there are all kinds of things like that to look for if you don't find anything fashion revolution started the hashtag who made my clothes oh great after the Rana Plaza collapse in Bangladesh in 2013 which was when a lot of this stuff really kind of kicked off and people started waking up to the reality of fast fashion so who made my clothes tweet your favorite brands. Ask them, you know, simple as that to tell you, And they should come back with some information. The more detailed, the better, really. You want to be knowing not just what country, but also, ideally, again, the factories. You can ask them if they're a living wage payer. That would be great. And Fashion Revolution also have an email form on their website where you can go and send out a kind of pre-written email kind of asking for that information. So it's really quick and easy. Great. And it's good to be able to sort of hold brands accountable because actually, you know, like you say, you just don't know. So nobody's child could be fantastic, but the evidence isn't there, and that's difficult.
2: I guess the more people who send that email, the more pressure those brands have, the more they feel the need to do it because yeah. they, they, they're mm-hmm. going to have to be looking at where their business is going. And if, if we're going towards sustainability, they don't want to be left behind. So I guess mm-hmm. we have to make it like, well, this is bad for business. Like absolutely these, yeah. These factories yeah and so is there anybody who is being amazing yes are there some amazing yes. please
1: some positives yes, please oh it's my t- god yeah, I've eaten all the brownie <laughs> I haven't even had my lunch yet <laughs> oh god I'm so sorry <laughs> no, Um so Birdsong London are one of my favourites Birdsong? Um, Birdsong, Birdsong? Birdsong Birdsong London and they're wonderful so they work with groups of artisan women makers often female refugees in London who while their kids are at school they are hand painting t-shirts they are embroidering things they're making the clothes They're all paid a living wage, really lovely working conditions. And they're great because they have like a very holistic approach to sustainability. So this is the other thing that I sort of realised once I started writing about it, was that in order to be really sustainable it can't stop at the point at which somebody buys it it's also got to be a garment that is going to last yeah. it's going to be durable because actually we throw away so many clothes all the clothes ending up in landfill are a huge part of the problem oh I know I'm sorry no, um, no, no, don't
2: apologise <laughs> you didn't do it I didn't unless you I'm did like, which case, did. why
1: have you written a book <laughs> I, on it DVR <laughs> did for many years I'm this is a thing you are I'm no evil same. so I gave up I gave up buying new fashion new clothes this year in January Great. and on New Year's Leave, I did my last ASOS binge because I was yeah. absolutely panicked at the idea of like starting off the new year without something new yeah so I ordered five dresses at like 11 o'clock at night on New Year's Eve oh. and then they all arrived a couple of days later and I sent back four of them and I kept the last one not even because I liked it that much but just because I couldn't bear to not have a new dress yeah from this, my last haul yeah and you've been clean all year thank you so much wow yeah, I have congrats yeah. wow Thanks. that's, <laughs> that's nice. and you it. look great so I'm... <laughs> you've all, you've you do. You've always looked great. Yeah, yeah, you do. Guys, that is true. This jumper is my granny's, actually. Oh, um, so that is that is one of the other ways that we can Steal off old people. Steal off old people. From the she is alive, it's fine, right, I had okay. her consent. Um she really loves seeing me wearing it. Like Aww. I wear it when I visit her in the home and she's like, Well, it's my jumper. Um but also <laughs> Give it back, you, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. you were gonna mention some great brands. You mentioned Birdsong London. Birdsong London are fantastic. Were there any more So there are um yeah, there are some brilliant sustainable brands that are a little bit higher end. And this is the other thing that I've yeah, been very aware of is that it's really expensive. It's really expensive. And there's obviously an argument that Says, well, maybe this is what we should be spending on yeah. our clothes. Like maybe we should be buying a dress for, say, £200 and then wearing it for 10 years and loving it and mending it and, you know, caring for it. But if you don't have that £200 in the first place, yeah, it's, really it's hard. a moot point. You know, it's not helpful advice. So either there are some wonderful more sustainable brands so like mother of pearl is a kind of really oh my god mother of pearl is amazing yeah, yeah. this mother is pearl. actually mother of pearl but it's from it's from a dress agency so you know one of those like a secondhand consignment store no what's, what's that, that? Yeah. every town has one it's like a clothes exchange so people will take in their clothes they get resold by the shop for you and then you get 50% of the profit okay. so it's second hand but it'll often be stuff that's only a year or two old and you get loads of like whistles and cons oh go and, there and the guys it's hands. called a secondhand second hand consignment yeah it's called a consignment store or a dress agency I think is like okay. the British term so if you for google them. that and the name of your town or whatever you'll yeah. find right there's a lovely uh, directory online actually I think it's like dressagencies.co.uk mm. and you can find one near you so they're brilliant so this I got I think it was like 60 quid Mother of Pearl. There's a brilliant website called Know the Origin that has a lot of really great up and coming kind of sustainable brands on it. There's uh, one called The AC. A-C-E-Y, that's really cool. I've remembered one that a friend of mine started
2: called Humphreys and Beg. And oh, it's, and it's really nice. They sort of started off doing basically just incredibly like floaty big summer dresses So if you don't want like a really tight one, like yeah. for the beach and stuff. And now they do like jumpsuits, they do like two pieces that they're amazing. It's called hum- yeah, Humphreys and Beg. Check them out. Nice. They're really good. And so are
1: there, are there any more things that we can be doing? do you think? One thing that I'm really big on is getting people to swap and share clothes more. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, so I think there needs to be a public lending library for wedding outfits so that we never have to buy another pink blazer or clutch bag ever yeah, again. Yeah, I, I
2: only went to two this year and I wore the same thing to both and well, I thought, but, but it, the only reason I did, and this is so lame because it sounds like good and then until you find out I didn't get my photo taken at the yes, first one I knew you were and gonna I gonna was say like, that. well, now I can wear this again, yay! Whereas I was going to buy a dress for like, a completely new it was only like three weeks afterwards, and I, you know, you're like we didn't have to think like like celebrities had to think like this. Right. But now, but and also, now I feel like I'm above that. Like, yeah. who cares if I'm photographed? nobody's looking at my Nobody Instagram being like, has. "Wow, Stevie wore the same thing."
1: Who cares? But for some reason, you're like, yeah. oh, you better want a nice new thing, so exactly. I'll feel nice. Well, that's it. And it's a collective mindset shift that we have to achieve. And it's yeah. really hard, but we all kind of need to have an amnesty, I think, where we all decide that we're just not going to care. If anybody turns up in the same dress you've seen them in eight times, yeah. we're going to go, oh, I love that dress. Wear a different look. It's it." good you know yeah. and it's like I mean I've got a whole chapter in the book about the bizarre rule that says that you can't wear something that you were wearing the last time you saw a friend yeah. so you know when you get dressed in the morning and you think oh well, I can't wear the orange jumper because uh, Tessa saw me in the orange jumper last time mm-hmm. and she'll think <laughs> what, what will she think she'll think I have no clothes or that I'm in some kind of orange jumper cult like mm-hmm. yeah you wouldn't care. If no. anything, you'd be like, no. well, great cool orange for... orange jumper. Yeah, like, we all just can relax a little bit. And actually, yes. what they're I would clothes. say is that
2: Tessa's an excellent example of it. Because when I first met Tessa, I'd be like, oh, you were in the... you were that, Last week, Tessa will be like, I'm in these dungarees all summer, baby. <laughs> yeah. They're great.
1: They're so my summer dungarees. But
2: I never think, oh, it's because Tessa doesn't have any clothes. I genuinely just go, Tessa likes the dungarees, they're really nice. Yes. Like, I never go... Yeah, yeah so it, it's all about your own mindset and being worried about what other people and actually the other people are just being like I don't care. I'm having dinner with Tessa. Yeah. <laughs> they're not like you'll
3: probably be in the dungarees. Yes, yeah, so it is
2: helpful to think that you can kind of look at those brands that you said mm-hmm. go to charity shops if they're not your bag try to- Charity shops in like different towns, or like di- not just yeah. you because there's often like a couple in your town, but then you you might be like these are rubbish. Go to, go to London towns charity shops. Go to Manchester's charity They're shops.
1: Cool. Yeah, and yeah. I, guess,
2: I guess vintage shops are better as well, even though their sizing is a bit is a bit annoying. Yeah.
1: But there are some wonderful ones out there, and the brilliant thing is that we have something that you know Betty and Susan in the 50s didn't have, which is the internet. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: And so there's loads of great and secondhand. And get to mine. the car boot sales now that it's yeah. car boot sale season. Yeah, Best you're you're the king. Of- I love that. Oh. I love a car boot sale my favourite thing in a car boot sale is a recently divorced woman um, (laughs) going just take it take it Take it, it's Paul's. Take it, you know, fifty p, fifty p. I don't care. Ralph Lauren, have it. <laughs> you know, very, you know, furiously just giving away all other. Identify
1: divorced women and, and yeah. follow them around, and hoping that they'll give them clothes, they're they're driving them home. So, yeah, yes. looking Yeah, their Wardrobes, clothes swapping events as well mm-hmm, are going to be the new big thing. They're getting getting big now. Is there um, any names we should look out for for clothes swapping? They're yes. Like brand? Uh, is there a company that's running them? There's a great organisation called Swap Rebellion. Swap oh, Rebellion. Swap, that's that's cool. Rebellion. I think yeah. it's Rebellion now It's like a Rebellion. I know.
0: I love it. Um, swap
1: rebellion. So they're great and you, you go along, you take on, take along your own clothes to swap, they give you a little like token, you get a glass of champagne or whatever, and then Excellent. you shop other people's stuff. And sometimes there's fisticuffs, you know, it gets quite yes, heated. Please. Okay. Um, so you once you've got brilliant. a token, you can just have Yeah, so then you spend that like money. So if you take five things, then you can take another five things home with you. Amazing. Yeah, so I think they're going to be really great. There's a couple of uh, women on Instagram called Stories Behind Things, Mm -hmm. and they run them as well. They do great clothes swaps, and I mean Depop. We haven't really talked about Depop, so that is huge. That's basically like vintage ASOS, isn't it? And that's where you you take you just sell your clothes and sell your clothes. It's I mean Y two K style is massive on there, which is terrifying i mm-hmm. Um, so the clothes that we were all wearing in like 2001 are now called Y2K, Y2K style hashtag Y2K style it's a whole I was thing. waiting
2: for like 2002 2003 like those sort of like big big belts oh, and, yeah yeah, like, low so rise the, the, jeans surely not the punky fish
1: oh yeah like you that do that remember vibe. the chainmail butterfly tops that like, like oh my Jerry god at the Brits I had one no, Robbie yeah, yeah yeah what about those That's things where that you zipped
3: across your bosoms
1: punky fish I think we're about to see a punky fish renaissance what about the big jeans that like were sodden yeah, definitely the big jeans. Obviously, you know all the kids with the bum bag across the chest. that's yeah, been yeah. massive this summer. Combats yeah, are quite you know? are very big. Um, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the, the fact, the fact about. that low rise is coming back is my. I'm not happy about that. That's where I officially draw the line and say, okay, so now I am too. Uh, now I'm in that's the group fine. of if you remember it the first time, it's fine to sit it out. Yeah, yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and just. Mm-hmm. applaud everybody who's oh. <laughs> who see their ass crack. Yeah, Depop is great. So I guess that's another way that you can
1: Yeah, so keep I mean it going. exactly like Tessa's adult thing. Like if you're going to buy something before you sort of splash your cash on the high street, just have a little look online, check on Depop, check on eBay. These trainers I'm wearing, mm. a pair of I did buy They're these great. last year. They're I mean probably not very sustainable Nike Air Force 1s, mm. but I got these off Depop. So oh, great. I wanted a pair last year and I thought well I'm, you know, before I Go to JD Sports or whatever, just have a look. Just try. And these were sort of, you know, worn twice. Or something kind of basically. I'm gonna get. Fresh. I have
2: Depop. I'm gonna get it. Do yeah. You, do you get it? That's you get the, it. Thing that
1: you get. Okay, great. I'm you gonna get, get to Depop. And it's like Instagram. You just scroll through it on your phone. It's kind of. Oh. So it kind of scratches that. Is itch it cool? People well. wearing it as well. So yeah. you're like you wear your own clothes that you're selling. Yeah, being yeah. like, oh my god, I love it.
2: Okay. So then also that eradicates the whole like, look, everyone's a size zero, and yeah, I don't know what exactly. that will look like on a
1: body. Yeah. Yeah. Really great. Yeah. So the internet is much better for finding bigger sizes love online that. as well.
2: Yeah. Love it. I feel well. I was incredibly depressed at the start. And now and I feel like the combination
3: I, I want to ha- do things. and
2: The positivity you've got a massive sugar rush, and we're really like, yeah, sugar.
1: I'm yes. gonna get
3: you know myself a Depop shop. Can I be a shop? You, you
1: can be a shop.
2: Sell your dungarees. They uh, don't ever sell the dungarees. No, never. Naked. She can't because she's in them. Yeah, <laughs> you can't have these. You can't have them. Is your, your book is out now? Is that correct?
1: No. It's oh, in can pre- January. in January. Okay, yeah. but can
2: you pre-order now? You can,
1: you can pre-order it, although you can pre-order it via Amazon, which is another thing that I've had comments Look, on. I'm can, really sorry. You can't help it that your book one step at a time. is being sold on Amazon. But you can also go along to your lovely, friendly, independent bookshop oh and gosh, you can ask please. them to order it for you. So. Oh my God, do yes, it. Marvellous. Go. And it do is that. called
3: How to Break Up with Fast Fashion. How to Break Up with Fast Fashion. By Lauren Bravo. Your first book, incidentally, is mm. called uh, Spice- What Would the Spice Girls Do?
1: Yes, it is. Um, I
2: read that in one night after your book. Book launch, Aww. I uh, went home and I was like, I'll just see what this is. Oh my god, I was in it's so great, it's
1: very short as well. It's really
2: not sta- Like it's so not, I, I don't know, it's just there's so much more to it than I thought. Do you well, know what thank I mean? You. I really was like, God, the Spice Girls did shape me, even though I was more of an All Saints girl, yeah, anyway. they
1: did in, many, in many ways. Yeah. We didn't even, oh realize. yeah, never ever. Thank you. What? I would have this had you picked like as an, an All Saints girl.
2: R-
3: uh, rift between us. I feel like this is a Protestant Catholic oh, Monta- it was- Montague Capulet you know, I, yeah. think, I think
1: every pair needs one and the other I think that's fine I, uh, I, you could have my world that. is spinning you're yin and yang yeah. I must definitely. have known I was an all saints gal uh, at best I would have guessed the cause oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh!
2: so where can we find you on Twitter and Instagram you can find me at at Lauren Bravo we're on Twitter at Nobody Panic Pod and you can email us if you have any future suggestions for podcast episodes nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com please pre-order Lauren's book because what I've I mean obviously I haven't read it yet but what a lot of pe- people are saying which I think is excellent is that it's, it doesn't talk down it's very much like Lauren appears today like you are just chatting you are not an angel by any means you are no, no, no. trying to help and trying to like push the conversation on and I, th- I think it, it, talking sideways like not down yeah talking yeah, sideways I Give like it I some side so. eye yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also she is a fantastic writer and a great person all oh, oh, around great guys. person she brought br- it's because she brought brownies this is what's happening we've all fallen yeah. in love with her she's got um, great hair as well but yes great hair <laughs> she's like a drawing of a woman it's she's just amazing a, oh my god draw a woman in your mind That's it's Lauren Brown <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not about that guys it's about ethical and our moral standpoints so we're back next week please tune in download subscribe have a great week and uh, see you next time. See you next time. Bye bye.
3: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.